The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. After Jesus had fed the 5,000, his disciples saw him walking on the water. Next day, the crowd that had stayed on the other side saw that only one boat had been there and that Jesus had not got into the boat with his disciples, but the disciples had set off themselves. Other boats, however, had put in from Tiberias, near the place where the bread had been eaten. When the people saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into those boats and crossed to Capernaum to look for Jesus. When they found him on the other side, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered, I tell you solemnly, you are not looking for me because you have seen the signs, but because you had all the bread you wanted to eat. Do not eat, do not work for food that cannot last but work for food that endures to eternal life, the kind of food the Son of Man is offering you. For on him the Father, God himself, has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do if we are to do the works that God wants? Jesus gave them this answer. This is working for God. You must believe in the one he has sent. The Gospel of the Lord. This morning I, I want to reflect on, on signs and holiness because in the readings today we, we hear about signs. You know, Stephen, who had the face like an angel I might point out, was filled with grace and power and began to work miracles and great signs among the people. And then in the gospel reading Jesus said, to the crowds when they eventually caught up with him, I tell you most solemnly, you are not looking for me because you have seen the signs, because, but because you had all the bread you wanted to eat. You know, they didn't see the signs. And remember, there were two signs. We missed one of them because of Saturday's Anzac Day Mass. But on Friday, we heard the feeding of the 5,000. And on Saturday morning, we would have heard uh, Jesus walking on the water. We got the introduction to that at the beginning of the gospel today. The two great signs. Now, when you think back to Old Testament times, to the Exodus, you know, Moses parted the water, and here's Jesus walking on the water. Um, when they're in the wilderness, um, God fed the people with manna from the desert, and here's Jesus feeding the crowds. The sign always points 
beyond itself. The sign always points beyond itself. When I was at the seminary, one of our lecturers was talking about this, and um, he said one of his favourite places in New Zealand is the Matukituki Valley near uh, Wanaka. And he says, as you drive up the, the valley, he says, you'll find a sign that says, view of Mount Aspiring, and the sign's pointing to it. And um, he says, people don't go there to take pictures of the sign. They look at what the sign's pointing to. Um, it happened that sometime later, a carload of us seminarians were up the Matukituki Valley, and we found the sign. So we took lots of pictures of the sign and us looking at the sign, just to prove to the lecturer that he was wrong. But that's, that's the, the point though, isn't it? Signs look beyond. And this was one of the frustrations Jesus had. You know, people were just looking at the miracles and they were getting stuck there. And I think often we can be like that too. We just want the miracle. We just want the dramatic. We just want what we want. But the sign should lead us into the very midst of the holiness of God. Sign should lead us into the very midst of the holiness of God, that we're always being called to look beyond. And that's what Jesus is really on about in these days. It's not about him feeding the 5,000. It's not about him walking on the water. It's about who he is. And he's always wanting to reveal himself to us. And I think that you and I have signs all the days of our lives. Sometimes they can be really quite dramatic signs. Other times we might almost miss them. And I want to use two examples from when I was first ordained. The first was an incredible young man who I knew. And um, he, he really was an incredible man. He, he, was, he was a talented musician. And, um, and he was, he'd left the army. He'd been in the army band and was going to jazz school. And this day he was biking home and he saw this old man who was struggling with groceries. Um, with his groceries, getting them home. So he stopped and helped him get the groceries home. And every week after that, he'd go shopping with the man at the supermarket and get him his groceries home. He found a little old Polish lady in his neighbourhood who, who spoke hardly any English. So he went and had a fish and chip tea with her every week. He heard about some African stowaways on a ship at Christmas. He went out to the port, talked to immigration, took them off the ship, took them home, cooked them Christmas dinner, and uh, then he took them back to the ship. An incredible young man. But he suffered from depression. And he ended up, um, sadly, by suiciding. When I went to see his mother the next morning, I'd been there the day before as well, and she says, something strange happened to me this morning. She said, I was lying on bed, I hadn't slept I just tossed and turned all night, but then this bird started calling outside the window. Now this was the end of June. And, and she says the bird called and called and she 
took me into be the bedroom to show me and she says, I opened up the curtains and there from the other, to the other candle away was a tree fern and she says, sitting in the middle of the tree fern was a blackbird and it just stood there looking at me and she says she looked at me for about 30 seconds and then it blinked and flew away and she says this may sound strange but she says suddenly I felt everything was all right and I said to her believe the sign you have been given you see God looks not for our faults but for our goodness he sent his son in the world not to condemn the world, but that it might be saved. The mercy of God is greater than anything we could ever do wrong. In the same way, um, about the same time, the parish priest announced that he was going away on holiday. Great joy for a newly ordained priest. He's got the parish to himself. But anyway, in those days, and I used to write my homily out, I preached this most dreadful homily. I'd, I'd prayed about it and reflected on it, but it was just one of those homilies. I think I'd get up now and say, just remember God loves you. Let's stand for the creed. And um, anyway, the following week, I was at this little church, and this woman came up to me, and she said, I want to thank you for what you said last week. She says, I felt as if I was the only person in the church and you were speaking to me and to me alone. She said, there was so much I needed to hear. I went home and I cried and I cried and I cried. Thank you. And I went away thinking, wow, Lord, it really is your work. I offer my best. But obviously she found the sign the words that were meant for her. In creation, the moments of our life and the words of others, the Lord is working and he wants us to hear him gently speaking to us and the signs that he gives us in so many ways. There are signs that should cause us to stop and to ponder. And that's what the psalm, some verses in the psalm are about this morning. Teach me your statutes. Make me grasp the way of your precepts. And I will muse on your wonders. There was an article recently in the London Tablet about a guy who started to write down about all the coincidences that happened in his life. He's on to his eighth volume of journals now, and he's come to realize they're not just coincidences, they're God incidences, God incidents in his life. There are God incidents happening in your life and in mine. I wonder how many of the signs that we notice and can reflect on or how many of the signs go through to the keeper?